Hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Kieran Thomas, and I wanna thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to let your child live their most fulfilling and independent life possible. When my own son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and there was nothing else that we could do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But I didn't wanna do that. Fortunately, my background in craniosacral therapy Look, now 30 years, let me know that the brain can and does heal, but I didn't know that much about autism. What I did know is that I didn't want to just mask the symptoms with dangerous drugs. I wanted to find the causes and work with them naturally. And fast forward, it took me a decade and a lot of time and effort, but today my son is no longer diagnosable with autism after being told it could not happen. So I'm here to share with you valuable resources to save you the time and some of the expense that I had to spend to figure it out and to help you let your child lead to their best results possible. Every child's level of recovery is different, but we know that children who couldn't sleep through the night are sleeping now through the night and happily. Their immune systems are now strong where they were once sick all the time. Children who were nonverbal and their parents were told they could never speak are now speaking. Children who were getting D's and F's in school are getting A's and B's. And those that were so anxious all the time and couldn't sit still and, and were uncomfortable in their own bodies are now calm and happy and relaxed. And they're leading fulfilling and independent lives with friends. This is what we want for our kids. So I'm here to share the resources with you so that you can get the best results for your child the best possible. And you can start that right now with my free download of this top seven foods to eliminate beginning today of the top foods that are the most inflammatory and toxic that are contributing to those physical and behavioral symptoms of autism that your child is having. They're making his life uncomfortable. So you can get that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods and feel free to share that with anybody you know who would be interested. And I will also link to it in today's show notes. There's of course a lot more than diet, but this is something you could start doing today that will begin to reduce those symptoms. And I'm happy to share everything I can with you. So right now, let's dive into today's episode. So welcome, welcome. to joining us today. I really appreciate you being here as usual to get the resources you need to help your child or today as well, as well as helping your adult with autism, because as a parent of a child with autism, we also always have the concern, as I know I did when my son was a child, of what will happen to my son if something happens to me, or someday when I'm not here, who will take care of him? Who will look after him? Will he be able to live an independent life on his own? Will he be safe? And this is a valid concern. And we want to know that there are as many resources available to help our kids to become really who they are, to be able to hold down a job and support themselves or to live as independently as they possibly can. And as your child gets older, you do realize, you know, more and more of us have realized that there aren't as many resources for adults with autism once they graduate high school. There's a little bit maybe through college, but then finding a job or what they do after that became, you know, can become very limited. So our guest today is a specialist in this. And after becoming frustrated with the lack of resources for adults with autism, as she experienced with her own two sons with autism, Dr. Anna Kennedy 
created her UK-based charity to help support these families and caregivers. So right now I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Kennedy. And uh, Dr. Kennedy, if you could just give us some background about really what you do. I think your charity is just from everything I've looked at is so, so amazing and so important because it's so needed. So maybe just give us a little bit of background about how you do support, you know, children who are getting older and adults with autism. Oh, hello there. And thank you so much, Karen, for inviting me to speak to you today. Um, I'm here in Greater London. And as you say, I have two autistic sons and um, Patrick is now 33 years old and um, he was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome and he's in full-time employment and he's just um, moved into his own place. He's been there for about eight months now and he's doing really well. And my youngest son, Angelo, is always going to need one-to-one -one support. He has quite significant sensory processing condition and he actually lives with um, us still, my husband. And my husband, Sean, he has a diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome he was diagnosed 20 years ago and he's a barrister and he um, advocates on behalf of children and adults who are autistic, whether it's to do with special educational needs or whether it's to do with mental health or disability discrimination within the workplace. So as you can see, um, our whole lives are devoted to children and adults who are autistic. And when both of my boys were diagnosed many, many years ago, there was nothing at all in the area where I lived. I was so frustrated, you know, once they'd been diagnosed, everything that you read about is early intervention and how crucial it is for our children. But I thought, well, where is it? I can't seem to get anything there. There was just nothing at all in the area where we lived. So um, I, I found out about a school that they were gonna knock down and build um, 37 flats. And um, it used to be a school for children that had physical disabilities. Um, and so what I decided was, this would be perfect. I'd never, ever, ever set up a school or a college or a residential home or anything to do like that. But it was just like I saw the need. I was frustrated and decided that, right, I need to do something about it. So I met another parent who was going through a similar situation. So um, to cut a long story short, we actually opened the school 32 years ago. And um, I'm no longer involved in the school, but I was involved with it for about 28 years. Um, and it uh, it was just the best thing that I ever did. We had to remortgage our home. Uh, we were living on, um, you know, beans on toast because uh, we just didn't have much money at all. But it was just all a huge, huge learning curve. And I learned so much um, from working in the school with teachers, teaching assistants, speech and language therapists, occupational therapists, um, psychologists. Uh, we were doing drama therapy, music therapy because each individual child is so different. So we were looking at what, you know, what works best for that particular child. So we were working around the child. So obviously children grow to be teenagers then they grow to be adults. Again, there was nothing at all in the area for adults at all. It was worse than for children. So I decided to set up a vocational college um, and it was uh, 44 weeks of the year where adults came at nine o'clock in the morning till 3.30 in the afternoon for 44 weeks of the year. And that's where my youngest son, Angelo, goes. He's always going to need one-to-one -one support. So he's working on his independent living skills, um, gaining a speech and language therapy, occupational therapy, and um, working in the community. And it's just about educating businesses as well, because my eldest son, Patrick, he's been working for four years now. Um, and he found it difficult to get into the workplace at first. So what I was doing was I was researching about employment 
I was looking at various different businesses. I was approaching them. And um, my son was getting a little bit depressed because he was at home. Um, as, as those of you know who have adults, you know, they can sort of become quite isolated and quite into whatever their chosen topic may be. And it was paleontology for my son at that time. So um, I was approaching businesses and I just said, I have an autistic adult son. I was wondering if he could do some work experience with you. And you know what? Some companies were really, really quite open armed. Yes, come on, come in. Um, and others were very, very wary, not quite sure. And again, I think it was because those year, all those years ago, um, you know, autism, it was just about not really that well known, you know, the cliche of the rain man, um, you know, it, it was obviously well known, but obviously all children and adults are not like rain man. So Patrick, first of all, worked within a garage doing garage maintenance and it wasn't really what he wanted to do, but it was teaching him about the world of work. And he's still friends with those people that are at the garage now. And also the funny thing is that um, a few of the people that work there, their sons or daughters are now autistic. So that if you like, they've had a, a taste of autism with Patrick, but now he's working at Pinewood Studios. So again, it was something that he wanted to do, but he didn't know how to approach it. So um, what I did was I helped him with the application form. We did role play, you know, teaching him about interviewing, what to say, what to look out for. Um, and he's doing really, really well there. They're making um, what's important for me is reasonable adjustments for our children and our adults. So say, for example, he might be working in an open plan office. So he's got sensory issues and it might get a little bit overwhelming for him. So what they do for him is they say, Patrick, when you feel you're getting a little bit overwhelmed, uh, go for a walk, take 10 minutes, and then come back when you're in the right headspace for working. They've also given him a corner um, in the room where he can set it up the way he wants to. So he's got an armchair there, he's got posters up on the wall um, of his dinosaurs, which he's very passionate about. And um, it's just somewhere where he can go there for five minutes. And then when he's ready to come back to work, um, that, that, that's fantastic. He also, one thing I just wanted to share with you was uh, the making of Jurassic World was happening at Pinewood Studio. So you can imagine my son was just <laughs> And what they did was they let him have a, a walk around the set. Um, he actually a Colin Trevorrow. They gave him a few um, bits that you know belonged to the film. And then they actually showed the film uh, quite a few months later to people that were working at Pinewood Studios. And they asked Patrick if he wanted to do a presentation. Well, he was so nervous and he asked if I could come along. So. I did and he said mum he said um, I just want you to sit you know at the front you can sit at the front but I don't want you to say anything um I said is it possible I could record it and he asked if it was permission if we could do that so they said yes so um what I did was I recorded the whole thing and then um he got a standing ovation I'm so proud of him um he'd even done like a slideshow at the back and all of his um colleagues sort of patting him on the back and you could just see his chest puffing out you know because he was proud of what he'd achieved and then when we got home he said to me mom can I listen um to the the recording that he did but I don't want you to be there so I said that's fine just take it into your bedroom and what I could hear him um replaying fast forward rewind fast forward was the applause that he'd received at the end so he just kept replaying that little piece <laughs> of everyone clapping for him so he was just so proud of himself so you can imagine so for me you've got to see as a parent seek out opportunities there are out there and transition is key from college to into the workplace um i was working with a well-known lady in the uh, uk who has a, an autistic son with 
quite significant health issues. And once her son reached sort of 17, I said to her, you really need to start looking now for colleges because there aren't that many colleges out there that are going to be able to cater for your son's needs because he's got quite significant health needs. And she didn't realise that you needed to start looking at least a couple of years beforehand. Um, but she's so glad that she did. So now she's found somewhere for her son and he's doing really, really well. So, you know, please visit so the, as many colleges as, as you possibly can. Please visit the workplace if you can, because you do get a good... I always, throughout my career from being younger, I've always gone with my gut instinct. And if I get a good feeling about something, it usually, usually serves me well. Sorry, I'm rabbiting on here if you want to ask me something. No, this is great, Anna. You know, I think it's really showing how much awareness makes a difference because if Patrick hadn't been on that set and they hadn't recognized him or got to know somebody with autism and his excitement and then, you know, it, it really turns into something by, again, that whole piece of awareness around, you know, and, and just the fact that these these places of employment, this place was allowing him to say, hey, if you if you start feeling sensory overload, so they're understanding that, his needs, go for a walk. I mean, it's too bad they don't do that throughout school in all ages for these children because, you know, they need they need to be able to be understood. And just, again, it's back to the awareness. So, yeah, no, I think it's just, it's wonderful. And I'm all about, you know, going with your gut, with instincts, with everything. And finding the right place that that fits. You know, you don't have to just settle for one place. If it doesn't work, go and just keep seeking things out. And, you know, you'll find the resources that really work for you. I see, too, that you really have your charity also supports, you know, provides workshops and training and legal advice and all of these things as well. So um, maybe you could also speak to to that, you know, so parents listening can understand what, what other resources are available or how they might go about finding some other uh, places like this. So what I did was why I set up the charity was because after all those years of my boys sort of going through the system, struggling, fighting, you know, putting your body armor on and speaking up for your sons, there were still parents that were struggling with trying to get a diagnosis, trying to find the right type of school, trying to find a college, trying to find, you know, um, support for respite for parents as well, because that's so important as well. Because us parents, you know, we have so many different hats, you know, whether we're working, whether we're at home or whatever it is that we're doing, we're constantly juggling. Um, so I wanted something to set up something where parents wouldn't feel so isolated like I did all those years ago. So that's why my husband, he um, gives training on um, legal advice. We have a gentleman called Paul who is autistic himself and he gives workshops. They're all free um, online. So he talks about autism, sensory overload, OCD, um, talks about PDA and um, they're free workshops so it's an hour of a workshop and then there's um, question time so we get so many parents that come on there when with the television program came out um, on um, BBC about transition from this lady that I was telling you about that was um, famous and her son was you know trying to find a college there were so many parents that contacted the charity afterwards saying oh I didn't realize that you know what you needed to do or you know all those sort of um, form filling that you need to do so what my husband did was he did a workshop on transition and what to need to look out for. We had so many people who had to do two workshops in the end. Um, we um, also do something that's called the Autism Expo, which is at Brunel University, where we have four speakers. We have free clinics. So my husband does a um, legal clinic. We have a speech and language clinic. 
called this um, clinic for people that might want it, um, information on behavioral advice. We've had occupational therapists that have give advice. Um, we've had people that might uh, give advice on um, employment. And then uh, we have stands. So a lot of the stands, exhibition stands that we have, are parents that have set up businesses. And the reason they've had to do that is they might not have had the support for their children. So they needed to earn money somewhere. So what they've done is they've set up a business, might selling um, sensory toys or it could be selling books or whatever it is that they've set up. So they come along to the exhibition and we have about 25 stands and we don't charge a lot at all because I know that everyone's struggling at the moment with everything that's going on, the cost of living. So they're um, there and it's a good opportunity to network. It's a good opportunity for parents to come and chat. We have autistic adults there that can give advice as well. So that's something that happens that's going to be happening in June. Um, we do something as well called the Autism Hero Awards, where we celebrate people that go the extra mile. So it could be a parent, it could be a carer, it could be a sibling, it could be a business, it could be a journalist that writes particularly well. Because as you know, some of these articles that are out in the newspapers, some of them are just awfully, just awful the way they're written. Um, so yeah, we celebrate people that go the extra mile. So we get so many nominations and then we have judges that choose three finalists for each category. There's 12 categories. And then the 36 finalists travel to London and then we put on like a three course meal. It's quite an emotional night. Uh, we have some of our singers and we're autistic that perform on the night as well. So it's such a lovely event. So that's something that we do. And the highlight of my year is Autism's Got Talent. Um, and this is something that I've been doing for 12 years now. We have uh, performers that come from all over the world and uh, basically it started off on the back of my anti-bullying campaign give us a break so parents and adults and children were writing to me about being bullied at school within the community um, online it was on the increase especially during lockdown um, and this then starts in to get to help them get over the bullying they started watching youtube and teaching themselves how to play an electric guitar an acoustic guitar piano um, singing dancing a musician uh, bands, um, uh, poetry, actors, like amazing, amazing videos they were sending me. So hence I decided I wanted to do something with it. I didn't want to make it a competition. I wanted to make it a showcase of talented autistic children and adults as young as five and as old as 66 we've had so far. And um, it's just the best thing ever. You have to be there to appreciate what I'm talking about. So again, we have 20 performers that we choose. They all travel down to London, which is the main show. And um, this will be happening in October. And then they perform on the stage. So they come the night before, we do something called a meet and greet. And then they go to technical rehearsals in the morning on the Saturday morning. And then the show is on in the evening. The friendships that are made, it gives them stepping stones to do other things. Like for example, one young man um, is a magician. Um, in 2015 and he's performed for us a couple of times and he's gone to a few events with me and he's now set up his own business so he goes to weddings he goes to various different events uh, we've created charity single we've created a charity album um, it's just given them the confidence for them to think I can do this and I always look to watch them perform when they do the technical rehearsals you can see they're a little bit nervous a bit apprehensive then one of the red carpets out, they have their photographs taken with celebrities and then they're on stage and then they perform and they just step it up like 200, 300%. And then when they get the applause at the end, we always say, do you want applause or do you want handshake? But only one person has ever said that they don't want the applause. They all want the applause. 
and you can just see like get kids skipping off the stage when they performs or um, I've had one young man that shouted at the end I'm so happy um, and you've had people that as I say their chest pop out as they walk off and you can guarantee that everyone that applies will apply again next year because they want that feeling they want that feeling of acceptance and like I can do this um, so yeah I love Autumn's Got Talent so we take it as a roadshow so we take it across the country as well where I collaborate with different charities so we're taking it to the northeast um, in May um, so yeah so that's just a little snapshot of what we do um, everyone's a volunteer that works for me I'm a volunteer I don't get paid the only person that gets paid is uh, Lisa who's my PA um, and um, yeah it's just I love what we do and um, uh, and the one thing that I will go back that you mentioned right at the beginning is who will look after my sons or daughters or my loved ones when I'm no longer around and that's the question at the back of every family parent carer's mind and autistic adults that I've spoken to where they've lost their parents and they're totally lost uh, because they've always sort of helped them navigate if you like um, to various different paths and that's the question at the back of everyone's mind because I know in this country social care is not particularly good especially now with everything that's going on so I've got a petition um, that 13,000 people have signed so far but I need more signatures um, and it's it's about you know who's going to look after my son because they, where I'm living we have like local authorities which are the areas they actually don't know how many autistic adults are at home with parents um, so it's something that I feel that we need to get to the bottom of and you know if you, I always say if you don't try you'll never know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's how we do what we do and how we raise awareness like this. You know, somebody has to step up and be willing to, you know, make a difference. And again, you know, the self-esteem that you're building for these these people with autism is tremendous because they they do feel like they're different or they're they're bullied at school or they you know, they their self-esteem can definitely be affected by their limitations that they feel that they have and, and, or that others impose on them. So, um, you know, I know that that was one day, like I said, my son was in therapy once and he said, mom, I want to, but I can't, why can't I? And we knew how smart he was. He was brilliant. And so that's when I realized I've got to, I ended up working with his biology to clear out underlying things that were affecting his brain and not letting him really be able to express himself as he is. And now he can, and he's graduated college now and he's got his mind back. And so this is where it's important to help people understand how much can be going on for these people and that they're not, you know, the autistic community is so brilliant and has so many gifts to offer. So everything you're doing is fantastic. I mean, this, there, it just goes on and on. We could talk forever but you know i know that you have now really covered a lot of what you do and i think it's really the most important is to tell people anna where you where people can find you i will also for all of our listeners i will list all of anna's resource and dr anna kennedy list list her resources on the show note the page for the show notes for this podcast but dr kennedy if you could uh say just uh what you know your main resources where people can find you Yep, uh, the charity website is www.annakennedymyneimeonline.com. You can find me on social media. I'm at Anna Kennedy One on Twitter, Anna Kennedy Online on Facebook, and at Anna Kennedy OBE on Instagram. And uh, 
our children and our adults and this is what my son said to me mom i just want to contribute to society just like everybody else and as i've always said our kids and adults are not second class citizens they just need that little bit of extra support and time to help them navigate this complicated world that we're living in at the moment right and he's aware of that he wants to contribute and uh they do have so much to contribute again these brilliant minds and the creativity is just amazing and so it's so valuable what you're doing, Dr. Kennedy. I just want to thank you so much again for your time. I know how busy you are with all of this as well. Um, so uh, I'll let you go at this point. So thank you for being here and sharing with us today. And uh, we'll make sure that uh, these resources get out to as many people as possible so we can share what you're doing and what resources are available for adults and growing teenagers with uh, with autism and what what resources can exist for them. Thank Jeff you very much. Thank you. And just to everyone, um, please don't give in. My motto is you can either give in, give it up or give it all you've got and then some. So for me, the parents that speak out the loudest are usually the ones that get what they want in the end. Absolutely. It's that tenacious, you know, parent that makes sure they're going to do whatever they can for their child and never gives up. And, you know, that's that's both of our stories and how we go on to help other people with the resources that we have found. So, again, thank you, Dr. Kennedy, for being here thank today. You. I appreciate your time and we will definitely talk very soon. Thank you very much. Bye, everyone. And thank you, Karen. A pleasure.